Hello and welcome to Stories Told by Friends. So this story has kind of an A side and a B side. And so this uh, first part, I think you could call it my greatest teacher ever. And the B side is called the great outdoors, but they're connected a little bit too. You may recognize that voice from a previous episode entitled Moving Mishaps with Michael. If you haven't listened to that epic saga, you will want to for sure. It's great to have Michael back again. I'm Dave Dirksen, and I hope you enjoy his story. It's nice to have you back for a second story. Thank and you. I have no idea who's listened to that one, so maybe some have, maybe some haven't. But anyway, uh, just in case they haven't, uh, why don't you say a little something as an introduction? Yeah, so I'm uh, Michael Bradford, and I uh, live here in Saskatoon, have for 21 years, and I've had lots of stories in my time here and been uh, glad to count you as a friend for most of those years and uh, nice to be here to tell another story today. Excellent. So uh, as always, I'm, I am unsure as to what you're going to tell, but I am excited to hear it. And so, right. and after the last one, you know, no pressure. Right. But that was a great story. Got lots of good response from uh, that one. That's so good. So I'm sure this one will be equally captivating. So, so go ahead. Okay. Well, I will just um, reassure you and anyone who's listening that I did not cry in any part of this story. Although there are, this story has some interesting, had some interesting turns for me as well. But you know how in the old, old days, they, when a band would release a record, there would be like an A side that has the hit. It'd be a B side that has kind of an alternative, their own, their creative story or, or song is a little bit right, different. Yeah, so I do. So this story has kind of an A side and a B side, and so, um, and actually, you were in the A side story, and so this this uh, first part, I think you could call it um, my greatest teacher ever, and the B side is called the great outdoors, but they're connected a little bit too. So I was thinking you, you came into this story this week, actually. I was in some um, professional learning uh, this week uh, with, with following their voices. And one of the things that we were doing as we tried to uh, imagine the qualities of really great teachers was we were asked to, in a small group to share a story about who was your favorite, your best teacher ever, and why, you know, what were their qualities, what, why do you remember them. And I was with one of the provincial facilitators, um, who told me that her favorite uh, teacher, best teacher ever, was Dave Dirksen in grade three. Oh, wow. Yeah, in the uh, open school classroom uh, many years ago. And um, so I asked her, like, I, you know, I've known Dave for a long time too, not as long as you, but, you know, what, why, why Dave? And so she told, uh, she told me two stories about you that made you rise to the top in terms of that. And she said that uh, in the open school, um, you always were paying attention to her and listening to her stories because she talked a lot and um, she, you always made her feel special. But the thing that made her feel most special was that she had these special bandanas that were her grandma's and um, that you always let her wear in class, even after the no hats in school rule came into the school. And it was very strict for everybody else, but you still let her wear these bandanas because they were kind of a touchstone for her to her grandma. And um, she said that just made her feel really noticed and, and appreciated by her teacher. 
And she said that her future husband was also in that class with her and that he did not have the same fond memories of you because you always made him take off his hat in class, even though uh, that was the rule, but he would try to sneak it. But there was no exception for him at all. So you were not his favorite teacher. But So she shared that story as kind of a warm-up. And then she told me a story um, about you that made me think of this great outdoors story that I'll tell you next. But she said that the other thing she remembered about you was a, a canoe trip that you had gone on as a class. And it was a miserable, rainy trip, and everybody was wet and cold. It was one of those kind of trips. But you had kind of trained, taught everyone how to, like, you have your spare clothes, and they're in, like, double Ziplocs, and you got to have those dry clothes to change into. And so you'd gotten to a spot where you had stopped, and there was a big tarp up, and a fire was going, and she was wet and just freezing cold. And uh, you told her to go change, but don't change your socks yet. Bring, bring your clean, your dry socks back and I'll show you a trick that you can use to keep your feet dry. And she said she'll always remember coming and sitting by you at the fire in her dry clothes, but her cold, wet feet. And you took her shoes off and pulled those wet socks off for her and helped her get her feet kind of warmed up at the fire. Um, and then she said she'll never forget just how much caring she felt when you took her socks and put them on her dry feet and then took those bread bags and put them over her feet and kind of wrapped them up and then in the shoes. And that was the trick to keeping your feet warm and dry after you'd been in the wet for all of that time. So she said that she always remember that way that you took care of her as this little wisp of a grade three kid in that class. So, so that was, um, so that was, that was really neat to hear those stories about you and the way that you took care of, of her and the other kids in that class at that time. So those, then, are, those are some pretty special memories. A lot, yeah. Coming back from that first placement at the open school, and yeah. Leanne was such a wonderful chipper kid, but yeah. not a lot to her. Pretty, pretty, you know, yeah. small, and but lots of spirit. And yeah. so, yeah, she was not, she was not uh, deterred by those uh, those challenges, and yeah. and she always could express herself really well, but. She went on and, and is to this day one of the finest teachers, the most caring teachers around. So that's, mm -hmm. that's, those are lovely things. Yeah. So I think that I'm sure that wasn't your idea at the time, but you modeled something I think for her that has lasted. And I've sure experienced that with her working with her a bit this year too. And she, I think you helped her be an outdoor enthusiast. She's got all kinds of neat, you have to get her on. She has all kinds of neat cycling and paddling stories and things too. So. Well, her husband. Casey, yeah, yeah, is uh, is big outdoors guy, and he yeah. was a great student. But one of those kids who, you know, uh, definitely, you know, tested and pushed and all yeah. that stuff. And so I'm, yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not his favorite <laughs> teacher. Well, you can't win them all, I guess. But, yeah. So your those stories that Leanne told me about you made me think about um, my early years as a teacher when I was at uh, Mayfair Community School, as it was called then. One of the things that we had, which was a huge blessing at that time, was a partnership with the uh, Saskatoon Construction Association. And they uh, donated to the school every year that we could take uh, all of the grade four to eight students to Shakina every year for like three or four days. And that was kind of a, a huge community building uh, learning event that we did in May or June every year at the time that I was there. And in my first year as the acting vice principal there, 
I was just learning on the job and learning how to do all these things and trying to get to know families. And early in the year, um, I uh, met this very uh, unique family. Uh, they had a, a little boy who was in grade four, I think, at the time. His name was Terry. And uh, Terry was the sweetest kid. He had so much curiosity for life. He was not very bright. And uh, I always had empathy for Terry because he had this big birthmark on his face that covered like it was the size of his hand. And he was always getting teased by kids and picked on by kids. But he was just a really nice kid. So we all tried to help look after Terry and, and help school be a good place for him despite some of that. But Terry this year was in um, the class of a first year teacher who was this young man who was like six foot four, strapping guy, really athletic, um, really nice, nice man. But like he was a real athlete and he was teaching, he taught some grade four and he taught a bit of phys ed and all the kids loved to play with him. And he was always doing intramurals with kids and going outside at recess to run around and play with kids. And he had this really nice way of connecting and he had this really nice connection with Terry and uh, Terry wasn't a very athletic kid, but this teacher always made time for him and made sure he was included in games. But his family uh, was kind of like a Saskatchewan rural truck driving duck dynasty kind oh, yeah. of family. <laughs> and that's how they dressed. They had, uh, you know, overalls and big bushy beards and they were, they had this kind of rural way of life, but living in the Mayfair community. And, um, our relationship, we worked hard to make a good relationship with them, but it was kind of off and on all the time. And one of the first parental encounters I had as an acting vice principal at this school was the November of this year at parent-teacher interviews. Terry's dad came in really mad because Terry didn't have a good report card. The teacher had kind of flagged me down on the hallway with big eyes, and I could see Terry's dad marching in his overalls down to the classroom, and he had this big belt over his shoulder. So I didn't know what the heck was going on. So I, I kind of scooted down there and just kind of slid into the interview so I could be there with them. And before we could begin, Terry's dad said, um, I want this report card changed. I think these marks are unfair. And I brought my world championship wrestling belt to school and we're going to wrestle for it. And he threw down this big <laughs> replica like WWF wrestling belt that had a buckle that was about like 18 inches big on it all kind of silver and metal, like metal studded and it was huge and he was like really amped up he wanted to wrestle this strapping athletic teacher to get a better report card for terry so we had to kind of like talk him down a bit and listen to him and you know we worked it out and no wrestling match occurred thankfully at this time so we kind of went through the rest of the year when like we made an effort to go like visit the family and get to know them and involved that a bit but I always had this kind of wrestling belt in the back of my mind as the year went on. So we get to the end of the year and it's May and we're going on this big camping trip to Shakina and everyone's going and Terry got all his work done. So he got to come on the trip. And so we had a great time out at Shakina. And one of the last days I was up at the Flying Fox, which um, is, you know, out kind of past the building and through the hay, the field with the big hay bales and up the hill and it's, it's about as far as you can go away from the camping sort of site where we were. And Terry was up there with us, and we'd had kind of a good day up there. And he was too scared to go down the Flying Fox, but so he stayed on the hill with me. Yeah, Flying and, Fox being... 
It's like, like the zip line. Right. Yeah. So the, you strap in with the kind of a climbing harness and you're holding on and whoo, across the valley. So he wouldn't do that, but he helped me all day. And then, so we were the last two walking out after everybody had gone back, um, just this kind of getting towards supper time. This was the last activity of the afternoon. And as we, we had to go, after you got down off the hill, you had to go through these, this treed area. And as we walked through the treed area, I could see that Terry was kind of walking a bit stiff, kind of holding himself up like maybe something was wrong. So I said, Terry, are you okay? He said, yeah, I'm okay, Mr. Bradford. I said, well, do you need to go to the bathroom? Because, like, there's nobody around. Everyone's gone. If you got to go, like, just go in the bushes, you know. Nope, I, I have to go to the bathroom, but I can make it. I don't want to go in the bushes. I'm scared to go in there. There might be bears in there. He said, no, I promise you there's no bears. And if you want me to come, like, I'll come with you. I won't look, but you might want to go now before we leave the trees because then it's the wide open field. And, you know, I said, nope, I can make it. It's okay. All right. So we kept going and I had my bike, but I just was walking and walking beside him. And as we walked through the fields, Terry did not make it. And he just was starting to have that waddle that, you know, a kid does if they have kind of not made it to the bathroom on time. And then the most ungodly smell came up from poor Terry. And I knew that this was not a number one accident, but it was a number two. It was all down his leg. And I just, my immediate thought was, man, if any kid sees him, this is not going to be a good end to the trip for t- poor Terry because he's just going to be a victim for sure. So I'm worrying about this and he's upset. And I said, it's okay. We're going we're gonna to make it back and get you cleaned up. So we caught up to a teacher who was on their way back as well. And when he saw us and the smell hit him, his eyes just went huge like saucers. I said, you know, Mr. Faulkner, maybe you can uh, take my bike and just head up to the camp house and I want you to clear all the kids out of there. Take them on a hike. Get them out of there. I don't want any other kids around when we get there. We're going to have to make a beeline to the boys' bathroom where there's some showers. So he took my bike and went up there. And Terry and I walked kind of the rest of the way. And thank goodness for Mr. Faulkner. He was a, he was brilliant because he's told them that there was going to be a surprise inspection of the cabins. And the best clean cabin was going to get a prize at supper or at the fire that night. And it was going to be really good. So it was going to have candy. It was going to have like, it was like a super bribe. So then all the kids were pumped to win this contest and the cabins were not in very good shape. So they all went running back and some of the teachers, like they went running back with them to like force them to stay back there for that time. And they just, they, they just really thought on their feet quickly and went back. And then we had to go into our candy supply because uh, this was a long time ago where, you know, we didn't worry about healthy eating quite as much as we might today <laughs> at camp. But there was like, Candy, you got some Twizzlers and you got some Twizzlers. And like everybody was a winner because they had helped to save the day for Terry, even though they didn't know. Teachers were looking out the door like this at us as we came in. And I just got him in the bathroom and into the shower in his clothes and said, OK, you start getting cleaned up. I'll go to your cabin and I'll get your stuff so you can change. So just get in the shower back in five minutes. So I run out and other staff are kind of kind of half laughing at me to have to deal with this. I like nobody's volunteering to help me clean up this kid, but also feeling some compassion too. Right. So I run down to the, the where his uh, bunk is and I grab his bag and it's about 10 minutes. I make it back and I go into the bathroom and he's in the shower. I can hear the water running and it's getting steamy and I said, how are you doing in there, Terry? And are you all cleaned up yet? And he said, no, what do you mean? 
I said, well, you're, I, you got to get clean before you can get out. And I've got your bag here. He said, well, I don't know how to do that. My mom always does it. I said, what are you talking about? He said, I don't know how to wash in the shower. That's not my job. <laughs> so, so I went out again. I find a washcloth and a towel for him. And I went back in there and uh, every, all the staff were sitting out in the, the, um, like in the, in the kitchen area or just like laughing. And I went in and said, Terry, I am not washing you, but I'll give you some step-by-step instructions. So <laughs> here's a soap bar of soap and a washcloth. So I'm kind of talking to him, talking him through this. Like it was just like step-by-step, like take off your shirt, you know, do undo those buttons. Okay. Now take off your shorts. Oh, you got your shoes on still. Okay. Take your shoes off. You know, because this stuff was in his shoes and socks. It was in everything. So then I'd like push all that over in the corner. All right. And then we had to do a little needs assessment. I'm trying not to look through the curtain. Right. But you kind of had to look to see what he was doing. This is a little bit of formative assessment, I guess, in action. (laughs) It's okay. Well, you're going to have to clean off those clothes a little bit first. So get your shoe up in the water and, you know, through all that. But then it was like, how do you put soap on a washcloth so that you can use it and like... Make sure if you're going to wash your whole body, you're going to go top down and we're going to do these dirtiest parts before we do your face, you know, and like, how do you get into all of the seams around your midsection? And it was about a 15 minute process. Finally, he got washed and he comes out and says, that's the first time I ever did that. Thanks, Mr. Bradford. (laughs) And uh, he was feeling good. I thought, okay, this is wild. It's a little bit surreal, but okay, he's smiling. So that's a win takes his towel and I get all his yucky clothes together in a bag and thank goodness for this one EA who we had I don't remember her name but she took all his clothes in this plastic bag I had and got them in the washing machine and that's going and and I wouldn't have asked her or anyone to do that because it was not pleasant but she was right there happy to help and got that stuff back to him the next day and um, then before I left the bathroom with Terry I said look at all the kids are going to wonder how come they had to leave and what you were doing and you're just going to tell them. We had to coach him on a story. So you're going to tell them that there was a, a overflow in the bathroom and you're helping me clean up in here. So okay, what's the story? Okay, if any kids ask me, there was an overflow in the bathroom and I was just helping you clean up. I said, yep, that's the story. So stick to the story and you won't have any trouble. So we practiced that a few times and somehow he got through the rest of our camp at Shekinah and... Um, I don't think anybody really figured out what had happened and he had a good last couple of days. And then on the last day, he came to me with his teacher, this young man from the November and, and the teacher said, Terry wants to take a picture with you at the cabin. So I go to the cabin and Terry is there and he has this wrestling belt that his dad had taken to the interview. So he drapes it kind of over our shoulders. So it's kind of across both of us and puts his arm around me. And then as the teacher takes the picture, he puts up number two like this with his fingers. <laughs> uh, and then uh, at the end of the year, he gave us this belt and he had taken these plastic, like these cheap plastic sequins. And it must have used a hot glue gun because there was glue all over it. But he had put a big number two on the wrestling belt in these plastic sequins and on the back had written um, to Mr. Bradford and Mr. Matheson, my favorite teachers ever. And then he gave that, and that's, that stayed in the school until he left the school many years later. And that was, that was our, no, that was our story. But I don't know if the, we were number one. I think we were number two. Number two, story. the B side. The B side. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's that that's the kind of b-side that's a hit though um what was going through your mind as you were were working with terry and were you conscious of his parents and his dad at that point I absolutely did not want to be challenged to a wrestling match because <laughs> I knew that was not a match that I could win for sure. But I also like, I just had compassion for him and, you know, kids need to come to school and sometimes it's, that's, that takes as much courage as anything is just to get in the door. And like on that moment, I was thinking about Terry's dignity and wanting him to look back at, uh, you know, that camping experience years later as a good memory and that he had good times there. And I know I, I can think of those camping type trips when I was a kid in school and there's such fond memories and gosh, I didn't want that to take a left turn for him. And, um, you know, we didn't, we weren't challenged to any more wrestling matches that year. Yeah. And I know his dad really appreciated that, that care we took for him and we had a better time with him after that too. So. Yes, but I, he was in the back of my mind, and, and uh, thank goodness that things worked out in a good way for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Poor Terry. And so number two, he's got the he's got the two fingers up in yeah. the picture, and he's yeah. got the two on the belt. Yeah. And so that was his joke about uh, I the, think so. the accident. And the or... two of us had been in this adventure together, and I, he never said it was about the accident, but I, I don't know, subconsciously, I just think there must have been a connection there. So. Yeah. Or your number yeah. two. His dad was always the champion. Yeah. You're the, you're that's the second best. Be. That's right. The, yeah. light, the lightweight. There's so many, so many ways to think about that too. Yeah. But I wonder if it was conscious, like, you know, the, yeah. the number two that he had had yeah. trouble with. Oh, yeah. gosh. And this big, huge teacher. Yeah. Uh, big athletic teacher. Yeah. How did, you know, his relationship with Terry uh, help at camp? Like, in, and through this situation. He made sure from the beginning that, you know, Terry was in the right groups where he'd be safe and have, you know, he had some friends to make sure that they were together. And, you know, he was nervous to be away from home. So they made sure that they were together in the same cabin so that they could have someone to talk to and help him through some of those nighttime routines, first time being away from home. And, um, you know, he really helped him to, you know, just switch up some of the activities so he could be successful and just spent time with him sat beside when we were roasting marshmallows at the fire at lunchtime and you know like we went canoeing and and like terry couldn't really paddle but this teacher went with him and that was fine then he could kind of do everything from the back and terry had a great time up at the front splashing away and you know just really made an effort to be there with him you know like family and so like an uncle i could see over the next few years that that bond between them had stayed and even when terry wasn't in his class anymore they were still connected and that was one of his, you know, special adults in the school that made yeah. a real difference to that he was noticed and appreciated for who he was and despite his quirkiness, you know, and uh, it was okay just to be himself those years. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm proud of them. It was a good staff and good teacher. Well, that's great. Yeah. That, it's, it's nice to hear um, a teaching story. We haven't had a lot of stories from education, which is weird because, you know, most of the people I know, I know through education, but mm -hmm. uh, that's, that actually turned out to be a messy, but lovely story. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Funny, touching, a bit gross and very real. Another great story from Michael. I hope you enjoyed it and I thank you for listening. 
Take care. See you next Tuesday.